Hi, I'm Reverend Nicole Riley, and welcome to the Clergy Wellness Podcast. I'm a clergy coach who helps you do one of the most important jobs there is without losing yourself. This is Season 1, Episode 32, Questions to Ask Yourself to Make Your Life Larger. Before we jump in, I want to let you know about a five-day free video course on dealing with stress. To have access to it, all you have to do is text the word WELLNESS to 66866. Let's go ahead and jump in. Do you like it when people ask you questions? When I was young, I shied away from asking people questions because it felt like I was being really nosy. And so early on, I adopted the belief that if people wanted me to know things, they would tell me. And the flip side of that was I volunteered all kinds of information about myself as a way to connect to people and hopefully get them to share about themselves. I noticed that I did this when I was a young pastor, and I started to see that this way of doing things probably had outlived its usefulness in my life. This occurred to me because I recognized that I was talking too much about myself, and that depending on the person, they did or often did not reciprocate and tell me about them. I also learned that questions could open doors in relationships and that they didn't need to feel like an interrogation. So, questions became my friends, and I began to learn the power of questions to help us to get to know each other and also to get to know ourselves. More on the getting to know ourselves piece. You know, I think we often need to learn more about ourselves. Um, In the rush of daily life, we may struggle to know even the most basic things about ourselves. Have you ever been in a situation where you were asked what you want for your birthday? What food is your favorite? Or what is your favorite way to spend free time and you weren't quite sure how to answer? I think a lot of us have been. A friend told me a story not too long ago about how she went to pick out some flowers for her apartment. And it took her 30 minutes to figure out what flowers she liked. Not what flowers her mother liked or what flowers were on sale and thus should be her choice. She told me that as she looked at the bouquets, she picked them up and asked herself, do I like these? Do I like these? (laughs) Till she figured out which flowers were the ones she liked. I think life can do this to us. In our rushing and our busyness, we can grow out of touch with ourselves and what matters to us, what we like, what are our preferences. And questions can help us with this. So let's look at some questions today. We're going to look at some questions first 
that we can ask ourselves to get to know ourselves better and thus grow and strengthen our relationship with ourselves and our life and to widen our life. Um, And then we're going to look at some questions for our ministry and for our churches. Now, one caveat, we do well when we remember to ask questions from a space of curiosity, not from an anxiety to come up with the right or the correct answer. Now, I say this because there have certainly been times in my life when I have been working on questions for reflection And the questions have made me more and more nervous because I felt like I needed to come up with the right answer. And sometimes I just wasn't sure. The better road for me is to come to these questions with curiosity about myself, uh, an openness to learn what matters to me, what is unfolding in me, and what hints I get about what God is doing in my life. The power in questions is rooted in the curiosity they evoke and the doors that they open within us so that we might live more consciously. So I want to share with you three questions. And the first one is this, what can I just let go of? You may know about the holiday of Festivus. Festivus was created by author Daniel O'Keefe and was made popular in a 1997 Seinfeld episode written by O'Keefe's son, Dan. The holiday of Festivus includes a dinner, an unadorned aluminum pole, and a time to air your grievances. Wikipedia actually has a page for Festivus, and it says this under the section about airing your grievances. It says, The airing of grievances takes place immediately after the Festivus dinner has been served. In the television episode, Frank Constanza began with the phrase, I've got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. It consists of each person lashing out at others and the world about how they've been disappointed in the past year. Some mental health professionals believe that having a space for people to air some of their grievances to their family and friends could actually be good for mental health, although it is something other holidays usually avoid. (laughs) A perfect Wikipedia post. So, I love this, and I've never celebrated Festivus, but I think I could, because I have noticed that there's a handful of things that I really hold on to. I noticed this not too long ago. It's probably about 10 things. Mostly, they're small things, but in my mind, they've grown over the years. They're things that felt hurtful, or that were slights, or misunderstandings that didn't get settled. We all have things we need to let go of. And this question, what can I just let go of? Open space in our heart and mind to release things that no longer serve us. Not too long ago, I was ruminating about some situation and how it was bugging me what someone had done. And this question, what can I just let go of, 
popped into my mind and I thought, oh yeah, I can just let go of this. And I did. So what might you let go of today? Maybe a past hurt, a fear, an anger, a moment of shame. Asking the question, what can I just let go of, leads to a broader and a fuller life. Question number two, where in my life can I let go of a belief that there isn't enough? Now, I don't know about you, but for me, there are places in my life where I believe there is more than enough, where I believe change is possible, where I can see the future. But then there are places where it seems like things are never going to get fixed and nothing's ever going to work out. And so why am I even trying? We often hold these two opposing understandings within us. I know as a pastor, I often felt that there wasn't enough, enough people, enough time, enough volunteers, enough money, enough opportunity. The list went on and on. It's easy to do this, but it doesn't help anyone to hold these beliefs because one of the rules of the universe seems to be that when you think there isn't enough, you will see confirmation of that all around you. The idea of a scarcity mentality was coined in the amazing book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. There, author Stephen Covey says that we have a scarcity mentality when we see life as a limited pie. So if one person has a larger slice of the pie, we believe we have less. Instead, we are called to an abundant mentality, which is rooted in the idea that there is enough for us all. This matters because when we see lack and believe there isn't enough love or happiness or peace, we not only miss out on experiencing those things in our life, but we may in fact sabotage ourselves in times when things are going well because we feel like we don't deserve them. When we focus on there being enough and we let go of areas where we believe there isn't enough, we're open to more possibilities in life and in ministry. And anyway, that belief that there isn't enough is rooted in fear. And fear is never helpful to us at all. So ask yourself, are there any areas of your life where you hold a scarcity mentality? And can you believe it behind so that your life can be more open and fluid? So the first question is, what can I just let go of? The second question is, where in my life can I let go of the belief that there isn't enough? And the third and the last question is, what do I want from my life? Now, when I was diagnosed with a chronic blood cancer, I had a moment where I really got serious about my life. My initial research into the disease said I had about 10 years And that woke me up pretty quick. Now, current research says 20 years with average person dying at about age 77. Now, that's a lot better, but still. It felt weighty to think about this. But one of the good things that came out of it was I got really serious about how I wanted to live. 
How do you want to live? What matters to you? This can be a hard one for clergy types. We're very familiar with what matters to others and what the needs are of our church and family, but we're often not as aware of what matters to us. And sometimes when we are, we can be very apologetic about it mattering to us. But let me ask you, what gives you life? I have throughout my life struggled with this one. I have always wanted to be faithful to my call and to the gifts God has entrusted me with. And I want to be honest with myself about how my calling has grown and it has changed, which includes looking at new ways, ways that are more appropriate to who I am now for my giving and serving. I recently heard a podcast that used these questions for reflection. So instead of using what do I want from my life, they kind of focused it a little more and had these four questions. The first one was, if you had one year to live, what would you stop doing? Second one, if you had one year to live, what would you start doing? Third one, if you had one year to live, what would you no longer care about? And the last one, if you had one year to live, what would you care more about? So what would you stop doing, start doing, no longer care about, and care more about? Now, it might strike you as a little morbid, but I think they're helpful questions. They remind us that life is indeed short. So how do we want to live it? So here are three questions that we can look at together. Um, What can I just let go of? Where in my life can I let go of the belief that there isn't enough? And what do I want from my life? So one of the things you can do with these questions is to take a couple minutes and reflect on them. Or maybe you have some other questions you like better. But take time to be curious, to get to know yourself a little better. It's important. Okay, so those are some questions to ask ourselves to open up our own life to bigger and richer living through being more aware of who we are and what we want, how God is working in our lives. I'd like to take a couple minutes and look at some questions we might ask our church's ministry. I'm going to spend a little less time here, but I want to spend some time here because questions help us get to know ourselves and they also help us get to know our churches. So here are my three favorite questions to ask church leaders, especially in times of change, which I think we're all in as we come out of COVID. Again, there's no right answers, but we come to these questions with our curiosity. We come to learn about our church, its leaders, and what might be possible. The first question is, why does the church matter? When you ask this question, listen for how the church matters to the people you're asking, but also how they lift up how it matters to the community, so its mission, and to God's mission, the kingdom of God. I love this question. It's a big question, and it takes our attention off of the day-to-day running of the church and asks us why the church matters in our time. 
um, in our place right now, this church. So how would you answer that question? Why does the church matter? How would your leaders answer this question? How would your members? Oftentimes when we ask this question, we are pushed to Matthew chapter 22nd and 28, which uh, is often called the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. And these two texts talk about um, what we have then taken to be the five purposes of the church, which are worship and fellowship, discipleship, mission, and ministry. But more recently, I served a church that focused on the church's purpose as being worship, uh, discipleship, fellowship, sharing life together, which would just be like one, and service. So they focused on these three big things, and then everything in the church life was around them. Maybe there isn't one answer to this question, but I think it is a great one to reflect on and to have our people reflect on as well. The second question is, what stands in the way of our reaching new people? (laughs) I love this question because reaching new people matters. And how we do this, how we would reach new people, often feels like a mystery to people. Or at least they act like it's a mystery. (laughs) What stands in our way of reaching new people, of course, will depend on the church. I'm sure we could all make a list, though, of some of the things that we're doing that stand in the way. And that can lead to some great conversations. So, what stands in our way of reaching new people? And the last one, question number three. What is our church's greatest strength? Churches are often good at seeing their weaknesses. The church down the street is better music. The church... Um, Up the street has a better children's program, but we seldom pause and say, what are the strengths or strength of this church? What are we gifted and called to do? What are we here for? What are we good at? Make a list to review, and maybe you could add it to your monthly meeting so that you start your meetings by looking at what is it our church is called to do? What are our strengths? How has God equipped us? So what questions will you ask yourself? What questions will you ask about your church's ministry? Go into it being open and curious. Your answers might just give you a way to go deeper and to live more fully and consciously. Wellness practice of the week. This is where I share something you can do this week to increase your wellness. This week, I am finding that setting more realistic expectations are deepening my wellness. Right now, I have a family member in the hospital and getting there and getting back and time there is usually at least four hours. Plus, uh, my coaching practice continues to grow and then I got a couple other things going on that I'm working on. And so my calendar gets full pretty quick. And so I have looked at it this week and have set some more realistic expectations. I took a couple things off the calendar. I said no to a couple of things. 
And then, most importantly, maybe, I protected some time I needed for my own mental health. I am also going to be participating in an online Bible study on the book Good Boundaries and Goodbyes from P31 Ministries to work on these things and think about them a little more deeply. So, setting more realistic expectations and getting support is this week's wellness practice. What is making this week good? This is the part of the episode where I talk about what I'm enjoying with the hope you'll notice some good things in your week. This week was filled with a lot of meaning and purpose. As I worked with eight coaching clients, it was so great to connect and explore topics as diverse as how the holidays went in local churches, how they're reaching new people or would like to, how to deal with staff issues, preaching for a better effect and connection, fundraising, evangelism, and a ton more topics. It was really wonderful to connect. Uh, Eight clients in two days is really good for me, and it was just uh, so wonderful to talk to people and to hear what they're thinking and doing in the local church. I also had a lot of fun with my social media this week. I do social media posting and managing for two churches, and it's always fun to create things artistically and also to connect with people online. This week, I recognized that I really am loving what I do, and I thought, I am really doing what I want with my life. And that was a really great thought to have. So, finding meaning in my work is what is making this week good. mindfulness meditation. Now, before we do a moment of mindfulness, I want to remind you to sign up for my five-day free video course on stress. It's five short videos. They're all under 10 minutes, and you'll receive one short video every day to help you deal with stress. So you just text the word wellness to 66866, and you'll get those. I always start sending them out on Monday, So you'll have them Monday through Friday, you'll get them. So I hope you'll sign up and then let me know how those work for you. So let's now move into a a space of a little mindfulness and take a moment to relax. Taking in a deep breath and being fully present. That may mean looking around you, noticing your own tension in your body, maybe Relaxing your shoulders or rolling your neck a bit, uh, whatever it is that you need to do. And remember who you are. You are God's beloved. And remember in whose image you were created. You were created in the image and likeness of God. Since today we're talking about questions, 
I wanted to focus on a question that God asks in Genesis 16. But first, I want to give you a little context for it. So I'm going to read Genesis 16, 6 through 10, and then I'll go back to the question and repeat it a couple times. So we might um, focus on and meditate on this question for ourselves. So Genesis 16, 6 through 10. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your maid is in your power. Do with her what is good in your sight. So Sarai treated her harshly, and she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. Moreover, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be too many to count. So the question that the angel of the Lord asks is in verse 8. Where have you come from? And where are you going? Where have you come from? And where are you going? A wonderful question to reflect on as we think about questions today. So remember these words, and may they give you Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I invite you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you so much for those of you who are doing that. I read your reviews and they really encourage me and they help me see um, how what I'm doing is helpful. And that keeps me going and that encourages me on my journey as I hope these encourage you. You can follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Nicole Riley Coaching. And find out how to work with me as a clergy coach, a life coach, and a social media manager at NicoleRiley.com. My book is Expanding the Expedition Through Digital Ministry, and it's on Amazon. And today, I invite you to make the important choice to embrace a life of wellness. See you next week.